0: Welcome to the Bay Area Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jamal Khan, and I'm going to be interviewing Kevin Park, who was just elected to the Santa Clara City Council. So much for joining me and uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule and uh, you know to uh, to chat a little bit. I appreciate it very much. And
1: uh, that's easy. Huh. Well, I,
0: so I know that you r- ran for Santa Santa Clara City Council District Four. Uh, yes, is that correct? Okay, so. great. Um, what area of the city does that cover?
1: It. The next door group is actually called Central Santa Clara, and it's hard to, to argue with that. Meaning, it is south of El Camino, uh, mm-hmm. north of well, basically north of Pruneridge. There's there's uh, another street in there, and from Lawrence until about Kiley, it's not exactly those aren't exactly the boundaries, but I think those are the the major streets that that people would know.
0: Okay and uh what uh like roughly speaking what uh population does that cover like numerically
1: uh, it's about you know 10,000 people actually the the district was created with about 17,000 people um so the number I'm tra- i gave you is probably voters but
0: oh i say about, about 10,000 registered voters about or so oh, okay and uh but, in I mean, of, voters, oh. voters
1: aren't the only people that live there. So let's say about 17,000 17, people.
0: Oh, okay. Like that population total. Okay. And uh, in terms of how, uh, in, like, party affiliation, uh, what proportion would be you know, Democrat, Republican, Independent?
1: So I don't know. But I do know that re- Republicans are the minority or are a minority, and they make up mm-hmm. roughly 25 to 40% in that district. I would say most of the rest is Democrat, and there is a non-zero number of independent or no no party no, no political preference, no party preference, uh, including myself.
0: Okay, um, and so I know that you're an engineer and a teacher. Uh, how has your background informed your approach to public service and to government? Uh,
1: it's funny. Um, I would have thought that they would have been opposed to each other. But it turns out that uh, having a good scientific background allows you to look at the issues as issues. And um, working with the city, I've been able to see a lot of things I never considered. I never thought I, I cared about. I never thought I was interesting. I never knew it existed. Um, and being able to look at it from you know fresh eyes, uh, really, I learned a lot. I really learned a lot about how cities work, how things happen. Um, And at the same time, I'm hoping I can use that fresh look to and an engineering and scientific uh, desire to get things done uh, for the city's benefit.
0: Okay, great. Um, I know that you've uh, served on the Citizens Advisory Committee and the General Plan Steering Committee. Uh, what motivated you to get involved uh, with the city government in the first place?
1: It's funny, but I think that most grassroots uh, efforts and most candidates start out with um, a bad project in their neighborhood. I mean, most citizens shouldn't or don't care about what's happening in the city until it affects them directly, and it's very true with me as well. So in 2007, um, I had just rolled off a fairly successful Um, startup company. So I took some time off to, to get to know more about my neighborhood and more about, um, you know, things about life in general. And there was a big development project literally across the street from my house. So a bunch of neighbors were concerned about this project and they told me, you know, Kevin, if you've got time, you should get involved. So I got involved thinking that six months later, maybe a year later, it would be done um, and now here I am, you know, 13 years later, um, mm-hmm. running for, you know, having run a successful city council campaign. But again, um, it was my background as a, an engineer that wants to get something fixed, um, not accepting, well, this is as good as we can get, um, which ca- caused me to continually go back to city council, go to all these meetings. And I realized. That there was so much I didn't know that for me to quit after a year or two years was not a really good process for me so I kept going with it thinking that well when I know enough then I can quit or I can stop looking at it when I when I've accepted the answer then I can say well I've done all I can do but I've never felt that we can do uh, all that we can you know that we've done all that we can do uh, so I just kept going and going and going and try to make small changes little by little by little figuring out how the political system works and uh, finding my tolerance for, you know, bad things happening in the city, which affect my, my life directly.
0: Yeah. I know that you've uh, served on the executive board of the sister cities association. Uh, What was that like?
1: That was a lot of fun. Um, To be honest, that was an organization where I met most of the people that, you know, we uh, we see in the current city council. Uh, Debbie Davis was the president. Uh, there were a lot of other people, Brian Lowry, um, Linda Essarini, Debbie Paveo. There were lots of really good people working on that on that the association. And I had a lot of fun. Um, but I think that all changed when Debbie Davis ran for city council, and she brought in a lot of very politically minded friends, including. Kathy Watanabe and uh, the Nikolais and, you know, lots of people. And I think that that's really where the sister cities changed. I realized I got a a realization of how much politics affected lots of organizations within the city. And that's when I left sister cities myself.
0: And what was the uh, spark that motivated you to actually run for office yourself?
1: Yeah. So I had always been telling people to run for city council, meaning I would rather not uh, run for city council myself. I think that's the way most people feel, which is they'd rather have other people do the work and they can just sit back and, and um, reap the benefits of that work. Um, But I realized that it was not as easy a thing as I thought. And being The scientific part of me said, I'll never really understand what it means to run for city council until I run for city council. I mean, it's like my wife's pregnancy. I was there while she was pregnant. I was there while she was in labor. I was there when she gave birth. But I don't really know what it's like. I think that in order for you to understand what pregnancy and birth is like, I would have to be pregnant and give birth. Um, I can't do that as easily, but I can run for city council and at least see what that is like. So that's what I did.
0: Okay, great. That's a great, great, that's a great analogy. Um, and so you did, and I guess as, when you ran this year, uh, what was your most memorable experience uh, during the campaign? You know, whether it was something that someone told you, something you observed that, that stuck with you.
1: Um, so the only thing that I remember in this campaign was being very stressed out because my family was not with me at the time. Uh, we had gone to Korea Uh, during the beginning of the shelter in place order. So in May and with the idea that we know I would go back, you know, we went there together. I came back after a month because I had work to do. Uh, And the idea was I go back in July or August and bring my family back. But in July and August, of course COVID got worse and there were protests and I think the situation in America got worse. So basically I told my family stay there for a little while, a little longer until we get a better, better handle on things. And all I can remember, like you say, oh, it's going to be a forum or some famous debate or some something, all I can remember is my wife and daughter asking if going to come. And that and I, and I think that for people who even if you have a pet, I'm not saying your wife and daughter are pets, but I think anyone who has a very strong connection with, you know, any other living entity can understand what it feels like when you've got your wife and daughter asking where you are, wanting to be with you, and you can't go there easily because there's all this other stuff that you need to do. And that's like, that's all I can remember. All I can remember is the stress related to that.
0: Yeah, it was, it's been uh, quite a year.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know if that answered your question, but <laughs> that's it. You know, that's oh, no. oh, it. Otherwise, yeah. if I give you something a little bit more campaign oriented, what I really enjoyed, meaning when I look for a job, people ask me, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't really care what I want to do. I want to work with a good team. I want a good team. And I feel that this mm-hmm. campaign, the other candidates, Herbir, Suds, Anthony, we had a great, great communication. And we had a lot of fun working together, I think. Uh, we did lots of things together. Um, I, 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 I mean, that is probably the best, you know, that camaraderie, and that cooperation was probably the the fondest memory that I have with, of this campaign.
0: Mm. Having worked on a few campaigns myself, I know that yeah, the, the team you're with makes such an enormous difference in in the day to day. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, so I know that you've uh, you've mentioned that uh, one of the sort of. Uh, that uh, constituents are f- uh, facing in the city is uh, minority representation uh, and with that do you mean with regard to elected officials uh, you know c- uh, city workers private sector like,
1: so the short answer is everything um, and I think mm-hmm. when I talk about representation I mean it's easy to say it's about minority representation and minorities represent ethnicities and races um, and that's true I, I do understand that but my real problem with the diversity, the diversity problem that I see in Santa Clara was diversity in thought. Um, you'll see that all of my talks were about, were kind of not against a person, but against this council majority block. And I think that that kind mm-hmm. of block thinking is you know, detrimental to everyone, which is when you have block, block thinking, who is gonna watch out for the renters in the city? If the block thought is not you know, on renters, who is gonna talk about you know, the, the smaller ethnic uh, populations like Cambodians, if there are no Cambodians in the conversation, right? Who is going to mm-hmm. talk about these, these things? Like people with disabilities, um, elderly, uh, youth. Who's going to talk about those if you don't have representation of the... Um, in, on you know, not just on city council, but in, in commissions and committees. And when the commissions and committees are appointed by the same city council majority block, then you know, we have a problem where we have none of this representation, um, but we say that we do. In fact, we created this diversity committee. And when the diversity committee was handpicked by, again, mostly the council majority block, how diverse really is that committee in thought? I'm not talking about diversity in makeup. I can, I can pick a lot of people from different races, uh, different genders, that think the same way, and you won't get diversity. And I think that is the problem that we need to see, we need to look at.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it's that's definitely very important. And I think, uh, yeah, like a group could be, uh, you know, diverse in one way, but uh, kind of monolithic in, a, in another way.
1: Um, like, no, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And 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 I think a lot of people characterize it as well. We used to have a council majority block, and they always voted, you know, four three or four two when uh, one of the other members left. And now it's reversed. We've got a five uh, independent people to two of the previous council majority block. And so it goes the other way. And I, and I, I don't quite see it as that. I think people need to understand that it, it's not five to two. I think it's going to be more likely two to one to one to one to one to one You know, to one. I don't know how many ones I've got in there, but I think that you will have a lot more uh, diversity of thought and you will see a lot more disagreement even amongst the five people that that uh, people think comprise the current majority block and I think that is that's what I consider a success when you've got people in the majority block or in a block that is not the minority who disagree with each other and bring out further discussion that is I think the the success of, of this election of this campaign okay.
0: And uh, I know you've mentioned that uh, another sort of pressing issue is with the city's finances. Uh, How is the city's uh, fiscal situation?
1: Uh, So the short answer is I only know what's in the budgets, and the budgets don't tell the full story. Uh, And they don't tell a full story basically because I don't know enough to understand what, what that means. I know what I think based on what I hear. When you hear that there's a deficit it sounds really bad. When you hear about the deficit in tens of millions of dollars, it sounds really, really bad. But it turns out that until I get onto the council and start dealing with, um, the, you know, the budgets and the, the fiscal situations in context, I don't think I'll know exactly, you know, how good or bad it is. Meaning I hear what people are saying. They are saying, oh, it's not as bad as you think. And I hear people saying it's it's far worse. And rather than believe either side, I think I'll have to sit down and, and see for myself and make my, my own determination. But until I see all the paperwork, I, I don't know that I'll be able to do that. But but okay. it's, certainly a, it's certainly a concern, right? I mean, I'm, I'm used to the times pre-COVID um, and even pre the last four years, last eight years when we had a different city manager where we were pretty on top of it. We came really close to, to um, you know, working down our budget and our um, what do you call it rainy day funds, our reserves back in you know the late two thousands when we had the recession, but we worked through that. And um, now I just I just hope that we can get through this kind of thing again with the same type of you know fiscal thinking and, and good planning. Um. um
0: what's the best approach to tackle the issue of housing in Santa Clara?
1: Housing is a really tough issue. Um, and the reason is um, there's a really, there's already a lot of housing that's, that's already built. And people bought their housing not just because they needed a place to live, but they bought into neighborhoods. And they bought into a way of life. And I think we need to understand that. Um, I mean, cities are more than just housing units. They are the neighborhoods. And you know, it's, it's a really easy thing to say, well, we can tear all the neighborhoods down again and rebuild everything to optimize for housing. But house, you know, housing units are not the only thing that make up a neighborhood. And, and therefore, I don't think we can be as dense as a lot of people who focus on just housing would like. I mean, my suggestion is for people who want maximum housing, if you live in a house, you know, would you be willing to give up your house, you know, and convince your neighbors to give up their blocks, you know, for higher density housing, and then you move to the higher density housing yourself. And for a lot of these cases, I I don't know that the answer is yes, Um, Hmm. right? And at the same time, we are trying to solve problems that are caused by external factors. They're caused by companies, they're caused by uh, developers, they're caused by uh, a housing need, I mean, when they, say, when they say developers, I'm not blaming the developers directly, but the developers can see that there is a, a desire and the de- developers can certainly create organizations and create uh, marketing that, that promote that desire. And I'm saying that if we had a better organization or we had a higher level thinking, what kind of life do we wanna give people that live in the cities? Then I think we have more of a balance of parks to housing and we'd have more of a discussion on resources such as libraries and you know, exercise places and uh, senior centers. We'd have more of those kinds of discussions, not just housing. But because the discussions tend to be so one-sided, you know, I feel that we're, we're losing, that the, the real issue about living is quality of life, not just having a place to stay. Having a place to stay is a big part of it, but I mean, it's not the complete, complete story. I've said before, I don't think that the city of Santa Clara solve the problems of the county of Santa Clara. And so we need, as a city, to decide what kind of city do we want to live in? What kind of, what kind of place do we want our neighborhoods to be? And based on that, design the housing and the resources and the roads um, you know, to meet that. Like, if, if you just want calories, I can put ingredients in a bowl and serve you the ingredients because it's the same, the same calories. But I think that if you want to do something good, then you'll actually have to mix some of the stuff together, you know, cook some of the stuff, um, actually make, make a food product, a viable food product out of it, because that adds to enjoyment. Because most people wouldn't eat, you know, flour and eggs by themselves if they could eat a cake. Right? And we need to start thinking about cakes, not just about eggs or flour. Sorry, I don't know if I. Yes.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Are, are you able to yes. hear me? Okay. Great. Uh, so, if you had a magic wand that allowed you to pass any ordinance that you wanted, what would that ordinance look like?
1: <laughs> I think if people were just more considerate to each other, then you know most of the other ordinances would fall in place. Um, I mean, I really think it comes down to uh, if you can if you could actually stand in somebody else's shoes and feel what they felt, we wouldn't do half the things we wouldn't do 90 percent of the things that we currently do. Um, And again, that brings back to teams, which is I'm not looking for a job. I'm looking for a good team to work with. Uh, And I think that if I could put, put an ordinance which, you know, help people work together and see the common goals and the common goodness. I would love to do something like that. And while I'm dreaming, you know, I'd like to have a pony. But, 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 you know, but for other things, I, I would really like, yeah, I mean, I would really like some planning, some design that says, this is what kind of city we want to live in. And you know, this is how we get to the kind of city that we want to live in. And we cannot, you know, we cannot put in additional developments, of any any kind that don't support the vision that we have.
0: Yeah. What are the advantages of being a decision-maker at the municipal level uh, as compared to, you know, at the county level or the state level?
1: So at the moment, I have a lot of opinions as to what it could be, but I, I think it's kind mm-hmm. of like... Um, At the the high level, people ask you, we need a dessert. We need an entree and a dessert. And I feel at the local level, now we can say, well, this is the kind of entree that we want. This is the kind of dessert that we want. And we can implement that in in a much finer way. Um, I think that gives us a little bit more leverage. It gives us, you know, we can say it doesn't have to be this, doesn't have to be this. We can be a lot more creative. Um, I don't know that we have been, but I, the local decisions should be able to give us a little bit more say in how we actually implement things. And I would really like it if we started thinking that way instead of simply doing the easy thing that everybody else is doing.
0: I I know that you've uh, run for city council uh, before. Uh, What lessons did you learn from previous campaigns that you applied in this campaign this year?
1: Uh, The first thing is... Uh, Campaigns take a lot of time. Campaigns are a full-time job. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't care what you're running for. Uh, If you can uh, take a break from work while you're doing it, it really makes sense to do that. Um, This year, I was fortunate. Uh, In a way, I took a break from my family because we all went to Korea and I came back thinking that I would go back and join them. Instead, uh, I stayed here and was able to focus a little bit more on my campaign. I mean, there's always a lot of uh, distractions in my life. Uh, so that was the first thing. The second thing is you really need a lot of help. You really need a lot of people. Um, if I look at her beer, Batia's campaign, campaign, she really organized. She really got the social. She got really got the, the uh, social media, really got the volunteers. And I think that that was the most heartbreaking thing for me is that, you know, they put all this stuff together. They got it working. It was really running well. And I think it was just came down to name recognition um, at the end. So there are lots of factors. Mm-hmm. Hard work is not enough. Uh, name recognition is not enough. Um, I mean, you've got to put everything into your campaign.
0: And how many uh, like candidates were in the primary?
1: So there really wasn't a primary. Um, but if, if you take a look, uh, each of us was running against one candidate uh, except in the case of uh, District Six, in which there were three candidates, so for four four seats, there were a total of uh, nine candidates.
0: Okay. Okay. And uh, in terms of your uh, campaign's uh, outreach, uh, you know, what did that kind of look like uh, when it came? You know, let's say door knocking or Uh, you know, setting out mailers.
1: um. Yeah, so I always budget for two mailers, meaning I think that there has to be one introductory uh, mailer because people don't really know who I am. I'm not really uh, in the public eye that often. And then one mailer afterwards that simply says, well, now that you know who I am, you know, these are the things I'd like to do. Um, This time of COVID, people told me, well, you really shouldn't knock on doors. People don't want to be, you know, want you to knock on their doors. Um, but at the same time, uh, there really isn't a good way to meet people, especially people that you don't know, if you don't knock on doors. So uh, I was very careful. I brought sanitizer with me. I was always wearing my mask, you know, had gloves. And I went and I knocked on doors. I never shook anyone's hand. I stayed away from them. I, I, I stayed a respectable distance away. But we were able to have conversations. Um, and I think that every single minute that I was outside was spent talking to people and rather than simply drop drop mailers and leave um, drop material and leave I actually spent the time to talk to people and I think that those people you know the, the only request I had is tell your neighbors to you know tell your neighbors about me tell the people tell your friends about me um, and I think that that was probably more mm-hmm. important I mean a lot of my friends and my neighbors said well I didn't see you I don't think you were doing anything because I didn't see you and I said well I didn't I didn't I made the conscious decision not to walk neighborhoods where i thought people knew me whether you liked me or didn't like me mm-hmm. i did not walk my own neighborhood i didn't walk the precincts near me i walked precincts that i'd never walked before where i didn't think people were you know that engaged where i saw that the voting numbers weren't that high uh, and those were the places that i went mm-hmm. to and um, that's what the campaign looked like um you know this year whereas before i think i did the normal thing i went where everyone that we knew people were voting, that people knew you, that people knew you. And I said, well, if they know me already, then I don't know that seeing me again is going to change their mind. So I went places where they didn't know me or I didn't know them. All
0: right. Okay. And, uh, and and did your campaign uh, do any, uh, make, like, make any phone calls? Or... So I mean, Was it more like I made a
1: few phone calls, and I had a number of volunteers that did drops for me. Uh, But my understanding was there were a lot of other phone calls that were made uh, by organizations not under my my committee control, and I think that that probably had probably had a big effect as well. But again, I didn't receive any of those phone calls. I didn't receive a lot of material that other people got, so I don't know what the extent of that that was. I don't even watch television or, mm-hmm. or play a lot of, you know, mobile, mobile games with ads. So I didn't see anything that had my name on it. And when people said, oh, I just saw your ad, I had to take it on good faith because literally I don't watch television. I'm not on social media. I don't mm-hmm. play, you know, mobile games or games with ads. And it was, it was mm-hmm. kind of like being in two different worlds. One world where everyone's telling me, oh, you know, you're so popular in virtual life and the real world where I didn't see any of that.
0: Uh, well, so it looks like other organizations were using, uh, or putting social media ads on your behalf. Did your campaign also use social uh, media
1: ads? Yeah. So I also advertised on Facebook. I'm not really a big Facebook fan, but to say that, Mm -hmm. uh, I won't use Facebook to, to reach people is probably not a wise thing to do. So I set up a, a Facebook, a new Facebook account, um, new campaign account. I did have Facebook ads, um, you know, small things. I send out flyers. Um, you know, I walked. I sent out mailers. You know, so I did. I did the traditional things. that I think, you know, most most candidates did. Uh-huh. Uh, and
0: did your campaign do any
1: texting? Um, I did not do any texting. Um, I mean, one uh-huh. of the problems that that one of the many problems my mother would say that I have is. Uh, I don't value text. In fact, I think that text messages to my phone are kind of annoying. So I said, well, I don't necessarily want to do uh-huh. that. I want to reach them in other ways. Um, I, don't, I don't mind somebody knocking on my door if they're willing to have a conversation. I don't like people knocking on my door just to tell me, you know, just to give me their ad jingle and leave. Uh, so I tried to be the kind of person that I wouldn't mind knocking on my door. Which is, if you have questions, I'm here mm-hmm. to ask, answer your questions. If you've got you know, comments. I'm here to uh, listen to your comments. I'm not just here to tell you to vote for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, right. And it looks like your approach was uh, the exact uh, right one to carry you to victory. And uh, that was, uh, I'm sure, it's, uh, I'm sure that's a, it's a very exciting time for you and your family as you're gearing up to to start your term as a council oh, yes. member. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I think, uh, were there any other sort of uh, major factors that you think uh, sort of played a role uh, in the uh, electoral, uh, electoral outcome in your so, race?
1: you know, um, I think the, the thing we haven't talked about is the, the money that the 49ers organization put in. Uh, and, I, and I would say that yes. I don't know exactly how much money they put in. They certainly didn't work with me on it, and I didn't run my campaign knowing that the 49ers were doing anything. I ran my campaign um, as if the 49ers weren't there because I had no idea what they were going to do or when their support would stop. Um, but if, okay. if I think about it, I think it probably had a good effect because uh, if you tell me that people didn't find out about me through you know, other ad campaigns, I think that would be just false. I think that a lot of people did hear about me through other, other campaigns right um, hmm. But at the same time, like, no one ever called me or asked me anything. And I think that historically, and you know, people who know me will know, you can't just give me something and expect me to be your friend. Um, it has to be the right thing. Like, my best friends will know I will not hmm. support them if I think they're wrong. And they also know that there's a, you know, duality with that, which is they won't support me no matter how, how good a friend they are, if they think I'm wrong. And I think I'd like to carry that, you know, that approach, you know, that engineering and scientific approach um, through with with city partners, as well as in my personal life. And uh,
0: in retrospect, uh, Looking back on your campaign this year, uh, is there anything that you might have done differently?
1: So I, I think in the middle of the campaign, uh, not knowing if I was going to win or lose, um, I would have worked harder. I would have started earlier. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have uh, sent my family off. Well, maybe I would have. But I think that everything that I said I, I did if I had to do it all again, I would do. Right. And it sounds funny because people say, well, you won and you didn't do more. And the short answer is I won this time. But I think in the future, if I were to run this campaign again, and if I were to advise myself, I would say, get out earlier, talk to more people, you know, buy more pairs of shoes to, to go walking, you know, find ways to, to, have volunteers, like there are a lot of volunteers I did not use because I said, well, I don't want you walking out in the heat, you know, in the middle of summer with the fires going on, with the air quality that bad. Uh, I, I really wish I had thought of more creative ways to get people involved without having them to be walking on the streets outside with me. Um, and, I'm, and I'm thinking about that right now as we speak.
0: Mm-hmm. And for those uh, volunteers who did do that, uh, was there some kind of platform or service that uh, you used to kind of help them determine, you know, which doors to knock on or to to drop flyers? Um,
1: No, Um, what I did was I took a look at the voter data from the registrar of voters and based on those data and based on the neighborhoods that I knew I said, basically, this is where I want my, my message to go out. And th- that's what we did. Um, I didn't look at people who had voted already, um, although that would have saved us probably a lot of time. But at the same time, if you've got a neighborhood of 20 people and 10 of them have voted, does that mean that you don't you know, walk that neighborhood and lose the potential 10, votes, 10 voters who didn't vote? And the short answer is no. I, I think you know, I would do that all again. I, I didn't use anything special to to pick the neighborhoods other than i know this neighborhood i don't know this neighborhood i know these people i don't know these people Mm -hmm.
0: okay um uh, what advice would you give to a young person who's interested in government and public service
1: get involved like i don't care what it is i don't care if it's um being on a commission, being on committee, I don't care if it's being in the audience, watching a commission meeting or watching a committee meeting or watching a city council meeting, get involved. Uh, don't just know what the issues are, know the pe- know who the people are too. And I think that you'll find, if you wanna get involved in any level of politics and you reach out to, I would say almost any politician, uh, they'll yeah. probably make a little bit of time for you. And you, you really should do that. Uh, at the same time, understand that a lot of politicians have, you know, they have their own time constraints, they have their own responsibilities. And many of the conversations, many of the relationships may feel one sided. But again, it's the effort that you put in that timbers your career, not just the help that you get. So again, just get involved, stay involved. And if you think you need help, if you can't reach anybody else, call me, I'll help you. I'll, I'll, I'll talk forever. Uh, uh, uh,
0: yeah, this has been a very uh, insightful uh, uh, interview. Um, and I think, I think that's all the questions I have. Uh, were there any, uh, final, uh, remarks that you'd like to make? Uh,
1: no, I thought this was very fun, which is you just asked me questions. You just let me talk as long as I wanted to talk about things that I was talking about. So <laughs> I thank you very much for that. All
0: right No, thank you uh, again. Thank you so much for, you know, taking the time, uh, to uh, yeah, to, to to speak and to sort of sh- share your knowledge and wisdom, and I know this is something that could be inspirational uh, for a lot of people who are thinking about public service, and uh, oh, and uh, again, congratulations on a uh, successful campaign, and uh, you know, and I wish uh, you know I wish you the best as you uh, you know begin uh, you know your uh, tenure as an elected official.
1: Oh, thank you very much sir and again uh, for anyone out there that's listening if you don't think i'm doing the right thing call me tell me what's wrong like i don't care as much about i do care about things i'm doing right but i do care about things that you think are wrong and hopefully we can fix those things and if you have, and if there are any young people out there any older people out there that have interests and you can't reach anybody else call me i would love to talk to you
0: uh-huh, okay okay great um, yeah, that's uh it's such a key thing that, you know, a lot of times people think of elected officials as, as being kind of, you know, there's a kind of a distance that's there. And so for you to uh, be accessible, you know, that, that's a very big thing. And it's, uh, it's very admirable.
1: No, understood. No, yeah, because I'm going to say uh, in science, everyone is concerned about, you know, not just the thing that's happening, but who's going to take on the work afterwards. And I think that that is one of the components that's missing in public service which is everything is about me and now. Well, how does the community move forward? Who's the next person? How do we how do we make the the problems easier for the next group that come in? And hopefully that will change with with you know, this new city council.
0: Thank you for listening to the Bay Area Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Jamal Khan. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends and family about the podcast. You can find out more about me at www.jamalkhan.org. Take care.